If you're a patient trying to find a great hair transplant surgeon, you have a daunting challenge. A doctor can create a website that makes him or her look like a superstar, when in reality they have little experience and might even be a black market doctor who delegates the procedure to unlicensed technicians. So what can you do as a patient? Unfortunately, there's no single credential that guarantees competence, but the first and simplest cutoff when searching for a surgeon is membership in the International Society of Hair Restoration Surgery, the ISHRS. If the surgeon you are considering is not a member, they are simply not serious about education, and nothing is more important than education. To help me explore this topic in greater detail, the Hair Transplant Roadshow is going right to the top, to the president of the ISHRS, Dr. Nilifer Farjo in Manchester, England. Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Haber, hair loss expert and hair transplant surgeon from Cleveland, Ohio. Join me and the Hair Transplant Roadshow as I travel the globe seeking answers to important surgical and non-surgical hair loss questions from the true experts in the field. So today, the Hair Transplant Roadshow travels to Manchester, England, where my guest is Dr. Nilifer Farjo. Nilfer is the president of the International Society of Hair Restoration Surgery, the world's leading educational organization for hair restoration, and as president is the world's most influential voice in our field. Nilfer practices with her husband, Basam, in one of the few husband and wife hair restoration surgical teams in the world. The Farjo office in Manchester is recognized throughout the world for its state-of-the-art facilities, and surgical and artistic excellence. Nilifer has reached fellow status in the ISHRS. Uh, she's certified by the American Board of Hair Restoration Surgery. She was a winner of the Platinum Follicle Award by the ISHRS, granted for scientific accomplishments in the field of hair restoration. She's lectured extensively throughout the world and has contributed to multiple textbooks. I'm honored that she's taking the time from her other responsibilities to be my guest to help discuss the importance of membership in the ISHRS for any surgeon practicing hair restoration surgery. Hi, Nilifer. Hi, Bob. Oh, it's a great pleasure to be here with you today. And thank you for such a wonderful introduction. My pleasure. Nilifer, tell us first a little bit about the Farjo Clinic in Manchester, England. Well, um, we have got a bespoke clinic um, that we set up um, in 2003. And um, that um, clinic uh, is um, on four floors. We've got a surgical floor. We have got a floor for consultation administration. And then we've got a, a, a separate area, another floor for um, our lecture theater and meeting rooms because we do a lot of teaching. We also have a uh, lab in our lower ground floor um, where we do some of our research projects. Um, so it's kind of a, a place where it's our second home. We probably spend as much time here as we do in our own house. Um, so it's a nice, comfortable place for us. And our, uh, I think we've got about 18 employees. That's great. And I, I've, I've been there, so I can attest that it's a really an extraordinary facility uh, and uh, definitely one of the best in the world. I've attended all 29 World Congresses held by the ISHRS. I've learned something new at every one of those meetings, and I've shared my knowledge with others at every one of those meetings. And I simply wouldn't be the surgeon I am today without the ISHRS. So it boggles my mind to learn of hair surgeons that promote themselves heavily, some with popular YouTube channels, 
and yet are not members of the ISHRS. Please explain to our viewers the role of the ISHRS. Well, the ISHRS started um, uh, nearly 30 years ago now, so it's been going a long time. And it was started by a group of forward-thinking um, uh, hair surgeons who wanted to share knowledge um, with each other and also to bring in other people uh, into a collective group. Now, the uh, kind of three pillars that they set up were education, research, and collegiality. And those things are really what underpins how the society uh, runs itself. So, for example, um, in the educational field, uh, we have an annual congress, uh, a world congress, and this year it's uh, going to be in Panama City, and that's our 30th one, so we're going to have some great celebrations for that. Um, we also, throughout the year, have a number of other things. Um, so there's all sorts of learning um, that can go on throughout the year. So even if you can't get to the annual congress, you can do lots of stuff online. So there's a basics course. There's um, an advanced course that is used as well for learning for doing the board exam, which we can talk about a bit later. Um, and there are webinars where people can get um, CME points, um, ACCME recognized points um, for their continuing medical education that we all have to do to keep our, our licenses. So if we then move on to the next pillar of the ISHRS, that's research. So we do have research opportunities um, for people to get grants from the ISHRS. And every year there's between 20,000 and 60,000 available um, to give out in grants for you to do a research project. So even if it's a small scale project, uh, not necessarily, you know, um, something that's that's a high level. You want to kind of do a little bit of research and present it. Um, there's that opportunity. Um, so, you know, there there are are things that that we can do to help our members to learn. And then collegiality, the third pillar. So, I've already talked about the Global Council and, you know, getting involved with the local issues and local um, societies. And, um, you know, this plus the World Congress and all these meetings in the World Congress, we have between 600 and 800 attendees that come every year. So, that's a lot of people to network with around the world. And one thing that I find really valuable with that is that I have patients who travel. Um, and or they move countries. And if I want to find someone to carry on with their care, I know somebody in their part of the world and I can contact them and say, right, my patient so-and-so is coming, uh, you know, either on holiday or they're coming to travel or they've got a problem. They've gone on holiday and they've got an issue with their, their, uh, their surgery. And I, I can easily find someone that I can send that patient to. And, you know, the other thing is that, you know, when you travel around the world, it really is nice to be able to meet up with friends, you know, go to another country, go to all corners of the world, and you'll know someone from the ISHRS who lives there. And it's just a great way of kind of communicating both on a, a you know, on a professional level, level but also socially. 
Nilifer, I couldn't agree with you more about the importance of the ISHS, of course, and all of those three pillars. And if you're a, if you're a surgeon watching a hair transplant surgeon and you're not a member of the ISHRS, you're missing out on incredible amounts of learning. We are, we, physicians are nonstop learning from the first day of our careers to our last. And so you're, you're, you're not an expert, or if you're an expert, you're not going to stay an expert if you don't keep learning. And that's one of the huge things that the ISHRS can give us. And if you're a prospective patient and your surgeon is not a member of the ISHRS, your surgeon is turning his or her back on the most important thing possible, which is education. I think it's a hugely important you know, indicator of the seriousness about education of a surgeon. As I, as I introduced you, you know, I listed several, though certainly not all of your credentials and accomplishments, member of the ISHS, fellow status, president, textbook author, follicle award winner, diplomat of the ABHRS. If a patient could only learn about one of them, uh, which would be, do you think, the most important for them to know in terms of, you know, what's, what's the first cutoff about whether or not I should consider this person as a surgeon? Is it membership in the ISHRS or is it something else? No, I think, um, you know, membership of the ISHRS, you know, it, it certainly should be um, a, a top choice for patients because, you know, we, we have so much available for those surgeons in terms of keeping up to date with the latest developments, improving their skills, um, and really, that's the best way to actually serve your patient is by keeping up to date. Patients always ask, you know, what, how can I guarantee, what can I look for to guarantee that I get a great surgeon? And there, unfortunately, is nothing. There's no credential, including membership in the ISHRS, no. that guarantees competence. Nothing that proves you have an artistic eye. But without a commitment to education, nothing else matters. And a long commitment to education is necessary to be eligible for fellow status in the ISHRS, which is why I would rank that highest. In Ohio, there are dozens and dozens of surgeons now who at least claim to be hair transplant surgeons. Of those, exactly four are members of the ISHRS and three have reached fellow status. So the difficulty patients have here in Ohio could be narrowed down tremendously if they simply eliminate anyone who's not a member of the ISHRS. Are there similar statistics in the United Kingdom? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, I think this is a, a worldwide phenomenon, really. Uh, and certainly in the UK, um, the British Association for Hair Restoration Surgery has been, you know, kind of encouraging all its members to become ISHRS members. And in fact, we've taken a lot of the stipulations for ISHRS membership, and we have put that as um, a, a qualification to join the British Association. For instance, having to go to a certain number of meetings um, to keep your membership. So it's not a matter of, you know, you're a member by just paying the fee. You have to actually go to meetings to remain a member. So that's an added protection for the patient because the patient, you know, if they, they look on the ISHRS uh, website, you know, it, it, it tells you 
what uh, the requirements are to be a member of the ISHRS. Uh, and so hopefully more and more of the local um, societies will do the same. If, if you put the money in, you know, it pays off with pay, patients coming to you. So I don't know how many thousands and thousands of pounds worth of uh, or dollars worth of education I've paid over the years. But I'm a busy surgeon. You know, every day I have got surgery because patients recognize that um, as, as being something that they, they look for. I was I was commenting on the on the requirement of that continuing medical education. And then because of the expense, some doctors might choose not to go to the meetings, figuring all oh, they'll figure out some other way. But when in order to maintain those memberships, if they're required to go to the meetings, when they're there, they recognize how valuable, how valuable that is and how important it is. You know, when people look at websites, when patients look at websites, it's so difficult to to differentiate and to believe what they're reading. You know, I roll my eyes when I read on someone's website that they won, you know, best hair transplant surgeon of the year for the past five years or something like that. Prospective patients need to know that's nonsense. There's no such legitimate award. This means that a group of your friends voted for you or an organization that you pay money to promote you created a fictitious award. If you read something like that, stay very, very far away. There are different membership categories in the ISHRS, associate member, full member, fellow, what do those what do those mean? So when you first join the ISHRS, you become an associate member. And then once you've gone to three meetings that qualify for membership, and it doesn't just include the annual meeting, there's the workshops, etc. There's a list of uh, meetings that actually qualify. So once you've gone to three meetings, you become a full member. And then to maintain your full membership, you have to go to one meeting every three years. So it's, you know, it's not that onerous. Uh, and it doesn't have to be, again, as I say, um, the big World Congress. You can go to one of the smaller meetings uh, and the live surgery workshops, for instance, they rotate around the world. So it may be that, you know, if you're in Europe, there'll be a live surgery workshop in Europe. Um, and that, you know, will um, qualify you uh, to maintain your membership. And then um, to become a fellow, you have to gain a certain number of points across uh, a number of categories. So one of the categories is going to meetings. Uh, another one is things like writing articles. Um, and another is becoming involved in the society, uh, either being on the board or um, being an editor of the journal. Um, so there's a whole list of things. That, so you have to be a very, ra uh, you know, rounded person. Um, and another thing, for example, is there's the American Board of Hair Restoration Surgery. So this is an exam. Um, it isn't recognized by the medical specialties um, board. However, it is set up in the same way that any other board exam is set up. Um, and you have to have a certain amount of experience. You have to present some of your cases and some of your complicated cases. You then have to sit both a written and an oral exam. So, you know, that really kind of tests uh, a surgeon, uh, a surgeon's ability to assess patients, and you have to be able to assess on a number of levels. You have to assess 
how their hair loss affects them mentally. You have to assess whether they should only go on medication. You assess whether, you know, in the long term, they're better off not having surgery because they've got such a strong family history and they're destined to go completely bald. So, you know, there's all of these kind of things that really are available for the, you know, prospective patient to look for uh, in a surgeon. So I think that... I think a prospective patient needs to know that the fellow designation involves a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of focus on making yourself the best doctor possible. It's a great, great credential, if you will, to help uh, separate things. Again, it's no guarantee, but if someone has reached fellow status, they're serious and they've been doing it for, you know, for a good long time. The ISHS is the only hair transplant society in the world that devotes time and financial resources to combat the black market, which in our field refers to clinics around the world where technicians and not surgeons perform the procedure. Other societies sometimes talk about it or complain about it, but the ISHS actually does things to try to fight this, which is a big problem, not just in, you know, in Europe. And it's, it's a problem right here in Ohio, right here in the United States where doctors are delegating. Can you describe some of the initiatives of the ISHRS to combat the black market? So um, a few years ago, the ISHRS set up a campaign called the Fight the Fight campaign. And it um, it fights against uh, illicit and fraudulent um, clinics. We want to call them clinics. Sometimes they're not even clinics um, who are doing transplant surgeries. So sometimes there is a doctor there, but very often the doctor doesn't know how to do a transplant. Uh, and they hire in um, technicians. And technicians may have learned some of their techniques from uh, a legitimate surgeon, but then they go and set up on their own. Now, it is illegal in the majority of countries in the world for an unlicensed person to cut through someone's skin. And that's what, you know, I would consider surgery is someone who's cutting through skin. Now, some of these clinics say no cutting, no scars, no this, no that, no pain. You cannot do any surgical procedure without any of those things happening. So, you know, if you hear those kind of words like scarless, painless, um, you know, no downtime, unlimited amount of grafts. So what I mean by that is you know, you have a certain amount of donor hair that's available to be transferred to your balding areas. And that is limited for your lifetime. And you cannot have unlimited grafts. It's a falsehood. It's a way of getting patients to come in. And the other thing that they do is they um, they use cut prices. So they de- decrease their prices to such an extent that you know, it's it's undercutting what a legitimate surgeon needs to be able to run a clinic. So, for example, you know, I need to give my staff a decent wage. I need to sterilize my instruments. I need to comply with local guidance. All of those things do cost money. I need to educate myself. That costs money. So, you know, if you're going to someone legitimate, it's going to cost you money. And you know, you get what you pay for. And that is true of anything in life. You get what you pay for. You want a cut price hair transplant, 
then you pay the cut price, but you will not get a hair transplant that is undetectable. So you should never be able to tell that someone that has had a hair transplant if it is done correctly. If it's not done correctly, where the hair direction, the artistry, the design is wrong, then you will be able to tell that you've had a transplant. The other thing that happens is over-harvesting. So that's going back to the unlimited grafts. Now, if you take out every single hair from the back of your head, you're going to have a bald back of your head instead of a bald top. Now, if that's what you're aiming for, then that's great. But if it's not what you're aiming for, you want hair throughout your head, then please don't go to these clinics. Go to someone who's got the proper training, belongs to a society like the ISHRS that does ongoing training and has a license. So, you know, um, technicians have to have a license as well. Hugely important points. And people come to me during my, during my consultation and say, you know, I'm, honestly, I, to save money, I'm thinking of going to Turkey. And I say, well, if you want to go to Turkey, that's fine. I'll give you the names of some world-class surgeons in Turkey. But guess what? They're not cheap. They're very expensive because they're world-class surgeons. And if you're not, if you're, if you're not going to be paying what seems like a reasonable amount of money, you're not going to get good quality work. It doesn't matter what field we're talking about, medicine, law, you're buying a car, you're buying a television, you're buying anything. If you're going to buy the cheapest thing out there, you're going to get what you pay for. Really, really true. And, and the lure of the black market is to save money. But the, uh, the disasters that are coming out of the black market, wherever it is, it could be in right, right here in Ohio or elsewhere in the United States. If it's an inappropriate delegation, uh, and the surgeon will do that to save money, the, the results are, are disastrous. You know, there, there are those on social media who like to criticize the ISHRS and blame it for some of the problems facing our field, including the black market, which I find absurd as the ISHRS has trained more surgeons in both strip and FUE techniques than all other societies in the world combined. And it must be frustrating at times as president to respond to those kinds of attacks. Yeah, it is. And it's, uh, you know, it's very disheartening to get those kind of comments. And a lot of them are, are from doctors. Yeah. What's been the most rewarding aspect of serving as president of the ISHRS? Well, um, you know, it, it has been nice to um, be able to create some initiatives. Um, and one of the ones, so every president can um, start some initiatives. And one of the ones that really has been my um, pet project has been to start a women's group. So women hair transplant surgeons um, to look at what the specific needs are of women. Now, when the ISHRS started, um, you know, uh, 30 years ago, um, there were only maybe about 10% of the women um, who made up the membership. It's now 20%, so, you know, it's, it's increasing. And I'm only the third uh, woman who's been president. And we do have now more and more uh, women who are coming onto the board. But there are some specific needs, and I set up a task force to look at some of those specific needs and they are different than men's needs. They're like, you know, how does a woman uh, cope during pregnancy? And we're hoping to set up, um, you know, a permanent kind of group for, for women. And we're not going to exclude the men. They can join if they wish. 
Um, so uh, it's not an exclusive club or anything. Well, that's great. You know, but if, if, the, if the direction goes the way it's gone in other parts of medicine, you know, it'll be the men that need their society. Dermatology used to be exclusively men. Uh, and there was a women's derm society that was created many years ago. But now there are more, many more women entering the field of dermatology than men. So, uh, and in medicine in general, women now outnumber men in terms of matriculating medical students. So, uh, the, I, I foresee many more women, uh, becoming very active in the society. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's great. You know, I think, uh, you know, one take home message for prospective patients is to look carefully at your surgeon's training, credentials, membership. And if they're not a member of the ISHS, it means that either they don't care enough about education, which is very worrisome, or they're not allowed to join. And that's highly concerning as the ISHS is very, very welcoming. Uh, and only certain, you know, there are certain things you must, uh, you must agree to in order to become a member or you're excluded. And that's not a group of people you want to, you want to go to. So, you know, stay away from those doctors. You know, before the black market, membership in the ISHS, well, always important, didn't help patients as much because pretty much every hair surgeon was a member and there was no black market. And even today, if you're, if you're considering strip surgery, you're not part of the black market. It's a hundred percent safe. But if you're considering an FUE procedure, that's where you have to work carefully to make sure you're not entering the black market. And the simplest, the single best and simplest method of avoiding a bad doctor or clinic is to look for ISHRS membership. Again, it's not a guarantee of anything, but it's the first cutoff that you should use, I think. No, I, I agree completely. When people start coming up with excuses of why not, that uh, you know, it should be something that, that turns you away. Uh, and, and certainly anyone who says that they're the best in the world or they've done the most hair transplants in the world, um, you know, you can't make those claims and, and really be. Or they invented the procedure or they, they're the first person to ever do FUE, the first person to yeah. do. Uh, if it, yeah, no, these are people you just say, thank you, goodbye, find somebody else yeah. uh, and to just get up and, and walk away. Very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. So. Any other final comments about the importance of the ISHRS? No, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, you, you've, you've covered it all. And, um, you know, I love the ISHRS. It's great fun. It's not just about, you know, learning and sitting, listening to lectures. We have a, a wonderful time. We have some great um, social events uh, and wonderful networking and lovely friends all around the world. So I, I just love it. And I look forward to the annual meeting every year. Likewise. Likewise. Well, thank you, Nilifer, for sharing your wisdom and taking time out of your presidential duties to be on the program today. How can our viewers get in contact with you and the Fargo Clinic to explore surgical options with you? If you want to get in contact with me, you can just uh, search Fargo, F-A-R-J-O, um, and you will find our website or, you know, if you want to jot it down, it's www.farjo.com or farjo.net. Um, you'll, you'll find us. We're the only Farjos in the world that, uh, do hair transplants, you know, the only. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, I welcome. Easy yeah. to find. And I'll be showing the information on the screen. So follow the information on your screen. Uh, you will not go wrong uh, if you uh, if you go to the Fargo Clinic. It's one of the best in the world, without a question. I hope our viewers find find this episode helpful on their journey. Please help our program by selecting like, subscribe, and requesting notifications when our next episode 
is available. Again, the information on your screen is where you can find uh, Nilfer and Basam. See you next time on the Hair Transplant Roadshow. Thank you, Nilfer.